Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Die Tryin', the Michigan football podcast where we follow the journey of Jim Harbaugh and his Wolverines in their epic quest to take down the Ohio State Buckeyes. And it started here in week one with a big win over Western Michigan, where the Wolverines kind of flex their muscles and let the college football world know that they should be on notice, that this is going to be a team to be reckoned with in this coming season. I don't want to overplay it because it was Western Michigan. I know some of you might be saying, Dan, it's already too late because you've already overplayed it. Maybe so. Maybe so, but this was a team that um, had a season win total of just seven and a half wins. They were favored by a mere 17 points against uh, Western Michigan. And uh, I was the guy who told you last week that this was the most undervalued team in the Big Ten going into the season. If you listen to my Big Bets podcast, that this was uh, my biggest bet, my best pick of the week was the Wolverines against Western Michigan. So I was not surprised uh, with what I saw on the field. I expected to see 300 yards on the ground, and that's exactly what we got. Blake Corum in his first uh, big starring role, the true sophomore uh, from the Baltimore area, showed us that explosive speed that uh, he brings with him. Had 111 yards on the ground, um, had that big 79-yard kick return, throw in 22 yards receiving, and Corum went for over 200 all-purpose yards. Um, He was just electric uh, every time he touched the football. A dynamic playmaker, a perfect complement to the bruising physical running of Hassan Haskins, who he saw rip through a tackle um, to score a touchdown in that game. Um, so the running game was uh, pretty much was pretty spectacular. Um, we saw AJ Henning get in on the action with a 74-yard run. We saw Ramon Wilson with a 43-yard run. It was big plays abound. Big plays abound. Haskins had a 22-yard run. That was a TD scamper. So you had four different players with rushes of over 20 yards. You you had Cade McNamara connecting with. Um, uh, Mr. Bell, who unfortunately Ronnie Bell, his season has been cut short. A little more on that uh, later in the show, but he connected on a 76-yard touchdown pass to Ronnie Bell. Beautiful pass, hit him in stride. Once Bell had it in his hands, he ran away from the defender, and that was all she wrote on that play. We saw off the bench J.J. McCarthy show off his arm on a spectacular play in which he scrambled all the way to the right outside the numbers and threw it to the through the football outside the numbers all the way on the other side of the field for a 69-yard touchdown pass to wideout Dalen Baldwin, the grad transfer, somebody we told you to keep an eye on um, this season. But it was as much as uh, JJ's big throw really, really was what um, you know caught a lot of people's eyes that got on the uh, highlight shows. It was Cade, McNa- uh, Cade McNamara's show on Saturday. He was the one that really had a- an explosive uh, day throwing the football. Um, really, really efficient as well was McNamara. He was 9 of 11, 
136 yards, two touchdown passes on the day. Um, I did see he had a play where he missed an open receiver. He had Ramon Wilson open for a touchdown uh, the play before Haskins had his scoring run. But, you know, he was graded out by Pro Football Focus as the top uh, Power 5 quarterback in Week 1. Um, there's only, you know, it's Western Michigan, but that was the team they played. So he, he can't beat Ohio state. He can't beat Penn state. He can't beat Wisconsin in week one because he wasn't playing those teams. But from, uh, the first start of this season, basically you got everything you wanted from the quarterback, from the offense uh, They average 7.8 yards per rush, 12.7 yards per attempt, which is a spectacular number. I'm not expecting the offense to keep that up. 16.6 um, yards per completion. A lot of yards after the catch. A lot of explosive big plays. Um, 9.2 yards per play, which I believe was their highest number since 2016. I heard that. Um, I, I believe that is a correct number. So that, you know, definitely... The type of speed and space uh, we've been waiting for since Josh Gaddis came in, um, everything you know was was phenomenal all around offensively. Eric All with three catches, uh, you like to see that. And obviously the one downer was what, as I mentioned earlier, was Ronnie Bell going down with an injury, getting injured on a punt return. And um, you know this is a big loss, folks. This is a big, big loss. I, I do think the depth at receiver is a little underrated because there's a lot of talent here. But Ronnie Bell was clearly the one, um, you know, go-to guy for McNamara. He was the go-to guy. He was the one player who you 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 knew what you had. He was the one known commodity going into the season. So to lose him in Week One is really a devastating blow um, to the offense. He was your clear-cut, number one wide receiver. It kind of took the pressure off everybody else. You could tell, um, you know, the actually the most spectacular play of all might have been the one that was negated by a ridiculous offensive pass interference call um, in which you saw the uh, both, Dan Orvlosky even pointed it out, um, you saw both Bell and the DB kind of pushing each other and, and hand fighting and to call an offensive uh, PI was kind of ridiculous, but he just snagged the ball with one hand. And uh, that, that was a, a third down play. And you could see that that was a, that McNamara showed. I got faith in bell. I know my guy, maybe not. He's, he might not be wide open, but I'm going to give him a chance to make a play. So that means moving forward. And we're going to talk more about week two in our preview show later in the week. But moving forward, the, the key here is finding that number one wide receiver. You know, we didn't, the ball got spread around. They didn't really throw a lot. So 17 passes altogether, which uh, resulted in 13 completions. And you're talking about three to all as, as, a, as a tight end, two to Blake Corm out of the backfield, including a touchdown, which meant Cornelius uh, Johnson was the only wide out to catch more than one pass. And he, he only went for 15 yards. Um, so that, that was, you know, you're going to need more. So you're going to need, um, some of these younger players to step up sooner rather than later. And we're talking about a group that includes Cornelius Johnson, the junior, uh, AJ Henning, sophomore, Ramon Wilson, sophomore, both of their big plays came on end arounds. So we know the kind of talent 
that they have. Mike Sanders still is another guy with speed who can make plays after the catch. And Baldwin's a little bit of a bigger receiver, more of an outside guy who I think can also stretch the field as a as a downfield playmaker. So those five are really going to have to step up. Um, this receiver room only had eight guys going in. You throw in true freshman um, Andrew Anthony, as well as Christian Dixon, the loss of Worthy now, you feel it even more, the kid who ended up going to Texas. So now the receiving room is down to seven, only five guys with uh, any playing experience, um, which is enough, but hey, it's already week one. You know, there's zero chance all of these guys are going to stay healthy all year, all year long. So it was a big blow to a position that maybe they couldn't have suffered a big blow this early in the season. Um, let's shift a little bit. You know, kind of going rapid pace here. Um, I know you guys all watch the game, so I don't need to regurgitate regurgitate everything. But let's flip to the defensive side of the ball. Really happy with what you saw there. It was not a great first quarter. Um, it was not a great first drive. Obviously, they let Western Michigan uh, march down the field. Part of it was, um, you know, self-destructive when you had a bad, very, very bad penalty by uh, a Jobo. Um, you know, listen, you can say, part of me wants to say, wow, that that's, come on, let them play. Uh, don't throw the flag. Uh, um, these guys are hyped up. It's been over a year since these kids played in front of a crowd. It's, it's, they're, they're, it was the second, his second play on the field, um, in front of a hundred thousand screaming fans. Um, let, let them have some fun. Football's an emotional sport. And I totally agree with that. That That is my stance. You know what I mean? That is my stance. But at the same time, listen, the ref's going to throw the, the, the flag. You got to play the way the rules are stated. And the other part of me, the old, the old uh, get, off my land, uh, get off my lawn part of me wants to say, uh, 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 Mr. David Ajobo, can you make a play first before you start woofing uh, at the opposing team? I'm just saying, make a play first, okay? Um, but yeah, that, that negated, uh, if I remember correctly, I believe it was Daxton Hill who, who made the tackle and, and uh, Western Michigan would have had a third and long. Instead, they got a 15-yard penalty for the unsportsmanlike conduct, um, got, gave them a first down. They marched down the field, scored a touchdown. But after that, the defense really, really settled down and played well. Um, as expected, Josh Ross was solid. He led the way. Six tackles. He had a half a tackle for a loss. We saw him blitzing with uh, a quarterback hurry. Um, a surprise starter. Well, not a surprise starter, but um, making his first start was true sophomore Nakai Hill Green. We learned a few days before the game that he was likely to be the starter, but he was not somebody who was expected to be a starter in the offseason and even you know as recent as a couple weeks ago. So he had a very nice game. He had four tackles. He looked. Uh, he had. He did have one whiff, but outside of that play, I didn't notice uh, too many mistakes from him. He did miss one tackle, but he looked very aggressive. He looked athletic and speedy, running downhill um, off the bench. Another true sophomore, R.J. Moten, looked outstanding at safety. He was flying all over the place. He was also somebody we heard a lot of buzz about in the off season. I remember just thinking, well, I was a little surprised because. If you go back to last year, Makari Page was um, the backup safety that kind of flashed the most from what I saw. 
but we heard a lot of buzz about R.J. Moten, and he really delivered in week one. I think it's exciting when you have um, him as your fifth uh, DB on the field and what he could do and allows Dax Hill to do a little more coverage. And, and let's talk about Dax Hill. I mean, Hutchinson and Hill, right? These are the two linchpins of your defense, and they played like it. They really did play like it. They they played with passion and hunger, and they were just all over the all over the field, showing that NFL talent that uh, we've heard about. And um, it's not just potential anymore, folks. They are doing it on the field. Hill had six tackles. He had a breakup. He was making tackles outside the numbers. He was making tackles inside the box. We saw him blitzing a couple of times. I expect him to have a couple sacks as the season goes on. He was playing safety. He was playing corner. He was playing nickel. He, As the season goes, I just expect his role um, to grow and for Michigan to use him in, in a multitude of ways. And I, I, I don't see any reason why he's just not going to continue to get better and better as the season goes along. He's that talented. Same for Aiden Hutchinson, um, the senior uh, outside linebacker in this scheme. He did most of his work in this game in a two-point stance, hand off the ground as a stand-up uh, rush edge linebacker. This is the type of scheme we expected to see. This is the type of scheme that uh, Coach McDonald brought from the Baltimore Ravens. Hutchinson is your prototypical stand-up edge rusher. He's such an elite athlete. Uh, he had a sack. He had a big force fumble. He had another quarterback hurry. And there was some plays, boy, where he just showed his that electric quick first step where the offensive lineman didn't even have a chance. And again, you're going to hear me say this. You've heard me say it already. This was Western Michigan, so we do need to tamper our excitement a little bit. But really, why? Why do we need to tamper our excitement? Be a fan. Enjoy it. Be excited. Okay? we, You know, it's the coach's job to keep the players level-headed and, and ready for next week. As a fan, be excited. Enjoy it. And Hutchinson showed the type of superstar talent he has. This is a potential first-team All-American uh, I believe Mel Kuyper has him as the number 13 player on his board. He's a potential top 10 pick. He's just going to have an unbelievable season wrecking opposing teams' offenses. And I thought this was a phenomenal test. If you listen to the preview podcast, you know that. Where Western Michigan, yeah, it's a Mac school. But they do have a pretty darn good offensive line. And they have men out there. They had two sixth-year players. I believe they even had one seventh-year player. So these are these are literally men, in some cases, playing against boys who are 19 years old for Michigan. These are older guys who are developed, and they're not to the talent level that you're going to see in the Big Ten, but they are an experienced unit. So they know how to play together. They understand how to play football. It was, uh, as I called it, a, a passable test. It was an easy test, but it was a test. We don't want to overplay it, but we don't want to downplay it either. Also along the line of scrimmage, uh, Mazzy Smith uh, com coming to life a little bit here. Is, is that what we saw? We saw a tackle for loss. Uh, we saw a couple of quarterback hurries. We saw his ability to uh, penetrate, and I think that's going to be huge. Ojabo showed us a little bit. I, want, I was hoping for a little more. He, he had one quarterback hurry. 
There were a couple other times that it looked like he had a chance to get some pressure on the quarterback. So you can see the athleticism. You can see why in this scheme he got the start over Taylor Upshaw, who you know throughout most of the offseason was kind of the incumbent guy to start as the bookend opposite Hutchinson. Ojabo got the nod instead. And you can see why, folks. You The kid is raw, but he's very, very talented. He's very athletic. And this type of scheme allows those type of that allows those types of athletes to really flourish. So Jabu is somebody to really keep an eye on and watch to see if he could develop in the same way that you know a Josh Uche uh, developed for the Wolverines over the past couple of years. Uh, another player who I think we saw there was a couple of players actually I should say that we saw a little more of than we expected to see. Um, one of them was Mikey Morris, the the junior. Um, he was he was involved a lot. He he looked impressive. He made a few tackles. I believe he had three. He had half a tackle for a loss. So he was active and aggressive uh, and fighting and physical along the line of scrimmage. In terms of the true freshman, uh, Junior Colson, who was their I believe their top defensive uh, true freshman coming in this class. I believe I have that right. He was definitely a top hundred kid, ninety overall. Uh, high expectations out of Tennessee. He had a pair of tackles. He had a pass breakup. So he wasn't just on the field. He was making plays. Uh, Rod Moore, a three-star, less ballyhooed, outside of, just outside of the top 500. The safety, he made uh, three tackles. So that, that was really impressive to see Rod Moore get on the field. And as we mentioned, safety is a position of depth where they have a McCarry Page and an R.J. Moten. And to see Rod Moore get on the field is pretty impressive. Um, taking over, you know, stepping ahead of Sammy Faustine um, uh, with that situation, that probably o- opened the door a little bit for Moore to get some playing time. But he took it. You know, just because the door is open doesn't mean you have to walk through it. And he definitely did. I-, I think overall, you had to have been happy, extremely happy with what you saw from this Wolverines team, top to bottom. Do we know if they have the right quarterback yet? No, it's still too early. It's still only one game. Uh, We'll learn a little more this week against Washington. And, you know, that's still only one game. And it'll still only be two data points. And and this team, this program has a lot to prove still. But the product we saw on the field was outstanding on Saturday. It was much better than anything they showed last season. I think also what you love beyond the product and the speed and the talent. I mean, if you follow this program, you know this team had talent. I, I talked about this last week. Um, you know, people who tell you this program doesn't have talent are either lying to you or don't know what they're talking about. They don't have Ohio State talent, but they have a lot of talent. They have talent in most programs in college football. They have the second most talent in the Big Ten. They have athletes. They have kids that could run. They have kids that the NFL wants. Okay, that's not a question, but they looked organized. They looked like they knew what they wanted to do. McNamara knows how to run a huddle. I I think that's pretty evident. I like what I saw from the offensive line, which I, you know, I failed to touch upon as we were going through the offense. Um, I think this has a chance to be the best offensive line under Jim Harbaugh. And that probably as much as the quarterback position will be a huge key in terms of, 
how much they could exceed expectations going into this season. Not my expectations, but the public's expectations. You know, that seven and a half number, a lot of people were saying, you know, six and six, seven and five type of season, and I just didn't see it. And, um, you know, again, it's still one game, a long way to go. But I loved also, and I think you felt this too, folks, I love the passion, the urgency, the enthusiasm, it, it, we we haven't seen this for a while from this program. We really haven't. You know, early on, there was kind of, you know, there was the bluster. There was the head up high, the chest out, you know, call it cockiness if you want, the confidence. You can call it arrogance if you want. Um, but they walked out, you know, they had that early on in the Harbaugh tenure. But as... Uh, the failures mounted in the big games, particularly against Ohio State, um, some of that started to dissipate, you know, and and when people, when suddenly you're viewed in that negative light and so much emphasis is put on that one game that you're falling short on, that has to take a little bit away from that, you know, psychologically. And I think what we've seen for the first time this year is a combination of that enthusiasm, that energy, that confidence with some urgency. I think that's something that the confident teams lacked was urgency. I think we had urgency in the last few years, before last year, but maybe not as much as swagger. So I think this is the first time we're combining the swagger with the urgency and and the talent. And I think that's why this team is, is ready to have a big, big season. Um, Everything I saw on Saturday leads me to believe that my optimism isn't false optimism. Uh, Maybe I'm going to, maybe I'll be back here next week talking about, wow, one and one just lost to a team that couldn't beat Montana. It's very possible. Obviously it's possible folks, but why not enjoy the, 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 what we saw, enjoy that product, take it in, have that, have that, uh, we don't need the urgency, right? The players need the urgency. But have the enthusiasm. Enjoy the product. It was a phenomenal game. I think it's going to be a phenomenal season. Uh, this was just part one. We got 11 more parts. We got 11 more episodes. Can't binge them. Can't binge them. I don't know if you were, if you were like me, I wanted to binge one. I was ready. I wanted to hit when the game was over. I was like, can we next episode? Can we go to Washington? Can we play now? Can we play Washington now? Episode two? No, we have to wait till next week to play Washington, but 11 more episodes. And I think, I think, I really think, uh, we're going to enjoy this season and thank you for listening, um, to die trying. Michigan Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Mogollon, and I will be back in a couple days uh, to preview the game against Washington.